Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Oh my goodness me! What a fantastic goal! What a goal! That is absolutely superb! Huge cheers go up around Emirates Stadium. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of Monday the 16th of April 2018. I'm your host Russell Hargreaves. Coming up on today's show, we hear from Peter Cech on 200 Premier League clean sheets. Adrian Clark looks ahead to Derby Day against West Ham at the chalkboard. We kick off as ever by looking back at the trip to St James's Park with our Arsenal Insider. Let's hear from another Arsenal Insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Well, I commentated... For Arsenal, alongside former Gunners midfielder David Hillier on the game at Newcastle. And David joins me now. Very, very frustrating. Took the lead, but in the end, that's five straight Premier League away losses now for the Gunners. Yeah, it is a fr- bit frustrating when you look at the lineup. Um, Abami Yang, Lacazette um, starting a game together. We were thinking, would it be exciting and delivered early doors, a goal? And we thought it was going to be, you know, the start of many in, in a game and um, it didn't really happen for Arsenal today and it ended up being frustrating. Newcastle had a good game plan with a very well-balanced side and um, I think, you know, they just edged it, deserving the win. Although Arsenal, again, lion's share of possession, nearly 72%, but unable to convert that into goals. We saw Arsenal create a fair amount, didn't we, in the first 45 minutes. Got the goal, we'll come on to that in a moment, but... Whatever reason, particularly in the second half, Newcastle just seemed to to counter, didn't they, tactically? And and from there, Newcastle just grew into that match, and you just felt the crowd, the confidence, and everything grow with them. Yeah, I think Newcastle defensively was strong. I think Yedlin, um, Lascelles, Lejeune at the back were, were good. Kennedy was a great release from down that left hand side, and towards the end of the game, they exposed a lot of space and maybe fatigue in the Arsenal ranks in that behind the right back, behind Callum Chambers, and. Um, who had a, had a very good game first off. I thought Callum, you know, he, he looked strong, but he was asked to do a lot down that right-hand side and time took its toll. And, you know, they was just a bit more clinical when it came to the finishing off their chances. Now, one positive from Arsenal's point of view was the goal and the manner that it came. Questions about whether Pair Emrick Aubameyang and Alexandra Lacazette can play together. Very much answered with the opening goal. This is Mustafi. Towards Abamyang, can he control? He can. It's Pierre-Emerick Abamyang wants to centre it back for Lacazette. Brilliant finish. That's how they combine. Abamyang raced forward on the left-hand side, controlled and then flicked it over just outside the six-yard box. And Alex Lacazette thumped beyond Dubravka and Arsenal have the advantage. Maybe we are in for one or two goals today. 
and it was a very positive strike, wasn't it, for, for a variety of reasons? Yeah, it, it was a good run initially from Aubameyang pulling off of the defenders and, and it was a great ball into him, brought it down and decided early doors that he'd put it across the box left-footed and, you know, he, he put it across at some pace. Lacazette arrived perfectly low with that volley, didn't he? And um, the brother could do nothing in goal to stop it and you just thought to yourself, wow, if they can work like that. But that opportunity was the only one they really had together. And you think of Lacazette as the out-and-out striker in this instance, Aubameyang out on the left with whoever you wish to then play around them in your 4-2-3-1 formation, given the game, given the opportunities for selection. It's a good one, hopefully, for Arsenal to try and work with in the future. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you've got to take this game in the context it was as well. Arsenal were looking to keep their players fit and healthy for the for the Europa Cup. And, you know, as much as you want to fly into every challenge and rush around and give 150%, you've got to be holding back something sometimes for the bigger picture. And I think Arsenal had that in mind. Also, with the changes that they made in the side, taking out Ozil, um, Ramsey and, and Wiltshire, did take a bit of the creativity out of the side. But looking at how they finished with Welbeck, Aubameyang, Yang, um, you know, and Ketir on the pitch, Lacazette. What what a, a lovely forward line and what an opportunity to get two players on the pitch. Again, um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles getting on the pitch as well, along with um, our debutant, Joe Willock. I mean, it, it was a great day for the young players of Arsenal, although the result wasn't what we'd have hoped. It's a tough day for Joe to come in for his first Premier League appearance and, and really maybe portray himself in his absolute best like we know what an exciting young player he is at 18 everything he's done in the first team in the cups obviously at Premier League 2 and at youth team level to try and get that right balance between impressing but not being over eager to impress it, it's not easy is it no it was difficult and he you know he came on and the very first touch he had was just slightly a bit loose and and he struggled to get his game back. Although he didn't have a bad game, I just think some he was looking to be involved. But he, for me, he looked like he was on the outside looking in at a game being played rather than being involved in it and, and you know, being, being a kingpin in it. But, you know, he got a good nearly 70 minutes on the pitch and I think that'll stand him in good stead and he'll get some experience from that for his next game. Granit Xhaka and Mohamed Elneny as the, the two in the engine room, I thought both had very good games, actually, throughout when Arsenal were on top in the match and then even when they were chasing it and struggling a bit, I thought they still held things together pretty well. Yeah, and I think there was the added responsibility on those two players being experienced midfield players now uh, alongside um, younger players to, to sort of be the ones that found that that pass into the forward. And without Meza Ozil there, I think Elneny at times found himself in positions where he was playing those those key passes and he did it well at times but you know he isn't Mesut Ozil so let's you know let's give him not a lot of stick for that let's give him a bit of credit for the game he did play he plugged away he worked his socks off um, he, he covered a lot of ground but unfortunately it was just that final third it, it, it just didn't click after that initial goal when we thought everything was going to be so rosy from a forward point of view today she's finished off analysing the match itself by looking at the back then you mentioned how Callum Chambers at right back perhaps not his ostensibly ideal position did really well for the best part of an hour then then tired a bit but there were other occasions as well weren't there where the Arsenal back line just didn't quite be as cohesive as it needed to be yeah I think you've got to give credit to, to Dwight Gale from that he's got good experience of running the line he's an older fashioned footballer he doesn't always come to feet sometimes he'll threaten the back of you when when Perez was going to feet he was running behind giving Newcastle two options all the time 
And I think at times he did it well when he ran across the front of of, of uh, Mustafi a couple of times, and and for the goal for for the goal he he just made a really good run, a good hold up play, got himself in a position to set the cross for Yedlin to to put it in, and 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 Perez to make that great run. And you've got to give credit to to four players when they make things happen. So from that point of view, he did make it difficult for the Arsenal central defenders. Well, that's the take of David Hillier on the match. Let's get the thoughts of Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger. Well, it's a bit the story of a scene, uh, 70% of uh, possession and uh, many chances, uh, one nil up and in the end uh, you wonder how you could lose the game uh, after the game when you saw the game and uh, because we didn't put our chances to bed because we made unbelievable mistakes on the two goals and as well because uh, I still feel that uh, for some players the game we played in Russia on Thursday night had a weight in the uh, in the second half. The take of the boss, and from here, for once, there's no midweek game, so it's back to Emirates Stadium and West Ham. We'll talk about that game in detail with Adrian Clark at the chalkboard, but with that wider set of fixtures, West Ham, first leg of the Europa League semi-final, Atletico Madrid, Man United, Atleti again. It's a very important second half of April. Yeah, the the athletic games are obviously going to be the ones that are, you know, paramount in the manager's mind. Uh, so the the games in between that will be looking after the squad, preparing them for those games. The United one will, will just be a, a clash of Marino and, and Arsene Wenger again. It, it always does rile up that that old beast, doesn't it? Um, so I'll be looking forward to that one. However much players are going to want to hold back in that, it won't happen. Arsenal, man, you, it doesn't happen. I can tell you that from experience. Um, but the West Ham game, it'll be good prep for the for the semi-final against Atletico. And, you know, Arsenal got a fantastic opportunity getting through in that. How important to get results just to keep momentum for Europe going until this defeat it had been six wins and a draw in all competitions in seven for the Gunners that run has ended is that a major concern in its own right um do you know what I think the today's side will be so different from the ones that feature in against Atletico in key positions not necessarily you know quite a few of them players five or six of them players will still be involved but when the key players come back in in the real really important positions and the ones and, and the players that have played together consistently throughout the season Russ you know it ain't like they've just been chucked together on a Thursday no disrespect to this side but they'd have been put together on Friday and had two days to prepare for today whereas the, the Europe side of, they're the regular best available 11 for Arsenal. They'll be most used to it. So I don't think you can really compare the two. I think it's out of context a little bit. The final question I want to raise with you then, David, is away from home in the Premier League. In that run of six wins and a draw, there have been no away Premier League fixtures the way things had fallen. And that is now a fairly worrying statistic, isn't it? It's five straight losses away from home in the league. First time that's happened since 1984. First time it's happened to start a calendar year since 1925. And now only just over 20% now of Arsenal's points have come away from home in the Premier League this year, this yeah, season. That's right. And I did mention that, you know, five of the last 12 away games when we scored first, we've lost. You know, and not against great sides, against Swansea. I mean, struggling, bottom of the league. Bournemouth, OK. New, you know, Newcastle, you'd still not, you'd expect not to be losing against them when you go into the league. That's something that, that the club certainly need to work on and, and, and the coaching staff. But... Um, Again, put it into context of the players playing today, the the um, what is on this game as opposed to what is on 
the game in, in two games' time, the game after West Ham. So you can forgive them for just having their foot off the gas a little bit and taking care of their self when they're looking at the bigger picture. David Hilliot, always a pleasure to commentate with you. Shame about the result from an Arsenal point of view, but look forward to working with you again soon. Yeah, shame about the result, but great day with you again, Ross. Cheers. So Peter Cech became the first goalkeeper to keep 200 Premier League clean sheets in the 3-0 victory against Watford back in March. He's been talking to our very own Adrian Clark about his secrets to success. Being a goalkeeper is a very unique position, of course. What are the core attributes you need to become a keeper? Well, I think you need to be uh, mentally strong. And uh, that's, you know, a lot of people use that, but it's actually the, probably the biggest... Uh, asset as a goalkeeper you need to have to, to succeed because uh, you know ever since you start playing in goal you you actually play with a lot of pressure and and no matter at what age and obviously better you become if you become professional then obviously in the professional football the you know the scrutiny is even bigger and, and the pressure becomes uh, very big but um, even as a kid you know you have this pressure of conceding goals is not you know the something you really enjoy because, you know, as a striker, you miss few chances, you score one goal, uh, it might be even the winning uh, goal and then you are the hero of the game. So it's easier to live with than if you make five saves and then last minute, you know, you left, you live in uh, a goal which is completely soft and, and then everybody just turns and thing like, the keeper should have saved it and he lost us the game. So. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of a tough job to be a goalkeeper, especially when you are a kid. Yeah, we're well, talking of pressure. You were under it recently. You were stuck on 199 clean sheets for quite some time. You made it eventually to, to 200 clean sheets. Fantastic achievement. Uh, what did that mean to you? Well, it's an amazing personal achievement. And, uh, you know, when you, when you come to, uh, to Premier League, and, and I came to Premier League, I wanted, obviously, to do my best. And, and as a goalkeeper, you always uh, dream about having a clean sheet every game, and which is impossible. But uh, you know, you always try, you know, to do your best, and and you hope that every game you go, you don't concede, your, your team wins, and and then uh, you can win uh, trophies together with the with the team, which is the ultimate prize, obviously. But uh, uh, I would say, you know, the clean sheets are something like goals for strikers, and you're always proud of uh, any achievement like that. And I have to say that, you know. It's a huge advantage to your team if you keep a clean sheet because you just need to score one goal for three points and it can make a huge difference in your season. Yeah, absolutely. You touched on what I was going to ask you next, actually, in terms of does it feel like scoring a goal when you keep a clean sheet? Obviously, you'd look a bit silly if you celebrated on the pitch at the final whistle. Yes, I've got a clean sheet. But inside, does it, does it give you a, a real buzz every time it happens? Yes, it's the, it's the satisfaction of having the job done and, and obviously... It depends as well how, how the team does, yeah? Because I always say that I prefer to, to win 5-4 than draw 0-0. Because in terms of the, uh, like, a season achievements, obviously, you want to be winning games with your team rather than collecting clean sheets for 0-0. And so I, I, I can always be more satisfied with the win, uh, even 5-4, than, uh, than playing 0-0. But obviously, it depends on circumstances. If you are the team who is actually playing very badly and, 
and then nil nil is like a victory, then obviously you take it big time. Absolutely, yeah. Now, let's talk about goalkeeping in a little bit more detail. Uh, first up, let's talk penalties. Now, we all know it took you quite a while to, to get your first spot kick save in Arsenal colours. Um, but going back to that save, excellent save from, from Troy Deeney, it looked to me as if you, you maybe altered your technique, you delayed your dive a little bit, because a lot of strikers these days or takers go down the middle. Is there something you'd consciously done there? Well, you try to do it all the time. You don't want to go too early, but uh, then obviously have a split uh, second for decision. And and if the player, this guy, has the shot in the middle quite well, then you know you you always uh, you always move uh, to the direction you think the player goes. And and I have to say, uh, you know, it's been a frustrating run because because uh, you know previously I've been saving penalties in the big games and and you know, Champions League final. Then then you have. Uh, you know, FA Cup final and, and uh, shootouts. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. It's quite amazing and then suddenly, you know, it, it, the run started coming and, and, and you go 10 without saving one and then suddenly became 12, 13, 15 and then you think like, well, this is impossible because... You know, I keep doing the same thing and, and preparing the same way and, and, and suddenly, uh, you Did know... Did you feel the pressure then? Did the pressure build on like you? Like a fr- frustration because, yeah, yeah. because that's, that's something, you know, when you, when you prepare and you do this, the thing and you know you've done everything to prepare and then you kind of fail uh, to, to accomplish that and, and it, it takes some time. You feel the frustration of that, but I think the main part is that you have to, you know, go through it. And, and carry on working is the last thing is to you know, try to keep uh, thinking too much about it and to keep changing things because you need to believe on what you're doing and nothing that is, is, is the key. The Chalkboard with Adrian Clark. 
So Adrian Clark joins me at the chalkboard. And Clark, you've just been hearing your interview with Peter Cech, or a good chunk of it, and plenty more to come, I'm pleased to say, as well, on the podcast. What would you say is your biggest thing you took away from it? Let's have that as our, our question at the chalkboard. Yeah, good, good shout. Yeah, look, first and foremost, it was great to sit down with him. Uh, we had a good, good long chat, and I'm pleased to see it used on the, on the podcast. The two standout bits, I think, were, were on his concentration levels, um, where he was telling us that, basically, he's so in the moment so concentrated, he won't he won't notice substitutions. He said he was talking about you know how he was at a game once where there was no crowd, and it, just his parents were behind the goal or his mum was behind the goal, and he was so there, focused that he he, he didn't even notice and, and, and wouldn't you know wouldn't take the blind bit of notice. So so yeah, the intense concentration levels that it takes to be a top class goalie, and also his the bit on his distribution I thought was really interesting. He was basically explaining how how keepers these would have to tailor their distribution to the manager and to the style of the team that they're representing. Um, basically, in essence, he was saying that look, if he needed to be a really ball-playing goalkeeper like Edison at Manchester City, if that was the way that he was encouraged to play, then he could potentially do that here, here at Arsenal and, and that keepers just have to mould their way around managerial philosophies. And he, he was talking about the changes in distribution. But look, the whole interview I, I, found, I found really interesting. I think for any aspiring young goalkeeper, it's a bit of a must-listen, really. Lots of good tips in there. OK, so with all of that in mind, Clarkey, it's back to the Premier League and West Ham United as the next game here at Emirates Stadium. And when you focus on the league itself, very important to get back to winning ways after the, the Newcastle match. Yeah, look, you don't want to be losing games, do you? It's, look, our form at home has been good all season long. We know what the problem is away from home. We just cannot pick up any points at the moment. That's that's disappointing. Let's set that aside. Yeah, we we want to build momentum. We want to, to finish the season with a bang. And we want to send the supporters home happy. We don't want this negative vibe around the club, especially with two big semi-finals against Atletico Madrid to come. So, look, this is an opportunity to bounce back from the disappointment of the Newcastle result and to... To, and to put our London rivals to the sword and, and to, to build up some, some self-belief, give, give the players a shot in the arm ahead of that, that big double header against the Spaniards. And league table-wise, just for a moment, obviously mm. Burnley have, have refound their form over the last couple of months and the gap between Arsenal and Burnley 6th to 7th is now yeah. perhaps the major battle with Chelsea eking that further bit away over the weekend yeah. just gone. It's perceptions, isn't it? Look, I don't... To me, it doesn't matter whether you're fifth, or sixth, or seventh. Genuinely, because there's no there's no great. You're not in the Champions League. You're in the Europa League. I don't see the big difference. I suppose sixth to seventh, depending if Arsenal well, win the Europa League the, or not, it might potentially. But um, I feel that you don't want to finish behind Burnley. It's just perceptions. There is the big six. They're known as the big six. We're supposedly ahead of the rest of the league. And if for some reason we've finished behind Barnsley, uh, Burnley, it would be seen as a bit of an embarrassment, really. So I think it's really important, actually, in that context that we do fin them off. And I think we will. But, uh, yeah, it's getting a bit close for comfort. Now, West Ham as a team, it's just been a, a bizarre, almost soap opera of a season, hasn't it? We saw those incredibly toxic scenes a few weeks ago. We've then seen a bit of a, a bounce back with an unexpected big win. Mm -hmm. Issues with the boardroom, disconnect with the fans, a manager who's kind of been a bit hit and miss, mm -hmm. players the same. It's a really, really odd one to quantify. Yeah, not a great season if you're a West Ham United supporter. They're in a funny position, aren't they? Because no one really knows if David Moyes is, is sticking around or not. He's only on a short-term contract. 
you feel like the team is very much in transition. Um, yeah, I, I think they're there for the taking. I, I, Okay, they, they will see this as an opportunity to get the points they need to survive. But, uh, yeah, I, I just feel that away from home, there's a fragility about West Ham. I've seen them a few times on the road this season, and they do give up chances. They're not the toughest team to play against. I think James Collins at the back is a, is a bit of a rock for them. He can be quite heroic on occasion. But the midfield has been really sluggish without uh, Obiang. Coyate and, and Noble have been found wanting legs-wise uh, at times this season. So we can get out West Ham and and I think we can beat them if we if we play to our potential. As we've seen there, they do pose threats and mm. the return fixture earlier in the season in December, I think, wasn't it, would be a good example of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, look, yeah, they pose threats. Of course they do. They've got good players. Up top, Arnautovic has been a bit of a revelation, actually, as a striker. Terrific start to well, this time. Yeah, but he's turned it around under Moyes, uh, and you wonder why no managers have played him up front before, because he looks like a centre-forward, and I think he's a really quite a good centre-forward, especially away from home, because he he's got mobility in the channels, but he can also, he's big enough to hold the ball, and he's got that bit of magic in, in his armoury, and... Look, it wouldn't surprise me if, if he produced one of those moments in this game. It's, it's the type of fixture that he could rise to. So Arnautovic needs to be marshaled really carefully uh, by whoever it is, Mustafi Kashiani Chambers holding. They need to get tight to him. And we saw Arsene Wenger make six changes from the Europa League second leg quarterfinal against CSKA Moscow. I guess by the time we get to West Ham, that athletic first leg is just a few days away. Mm. I wonder how Wenger will treat his 11 and bench, therefore, for the Hammers. I still think you're rotating. Yeah, I think it's all out now. He's given youngsters a chance, given Reese Nelson a chance. He's given Joe Willock an opportunity. That's what the league games are partly there for now. And he's going to keep the big guns nice and fresh. It's a balancing act. And I think only he knows which players need the rest more than others. So, um, yeah, look, he'll judge it accordingly. We know that Aubameyang, if he's fit, he will play. That's great news. Uh, great assist, wasn't it, for, for Lacazette? in the last game. So, no, it, look, I'm not worried about the team selection. It'll be strong enough to beat West Ham. No, no question about that. It's about the team. Is their mentality going to be right? Uh, you know, are they going to impose their quality and will on what is a very, very average West Ham team? If we lose this game, we'll have ourselves to blame. Five-second team talk. Yeah. If you are Arsene Wenger preparing for events here at the Emirates. <laughs> I don't need five seconds. Look at the table, boys. We, we're not having Burnley finish above us three-second team talk with an intense stare. We love it. You mentioned Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang there. He's about to feature in this. Reign of Arsenal. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast editor, Liam Roberts, has been, as ever, lurking, listening to our conversation. Liam, good to have you back. We missed you last week. No, did, you didn't. Did we? No, you didn't. <laughs> well, I, I heard, think I got I heard hammered. what you said. <laughs> so, you know, good to get I, you back. I heard what you of... said, so I know you did. <laughs> yeah, amazingly, we had one telephone line and it was decided that Adrian Clark was more important to this, this feature than me, so, you yeah. know. Outrageous. Um, Outrageous. Yeah, I'm, slightly, I'm slightly, ahead of these, these questions, I'm slightly regretting uh, my line that I said Alec was my favourite. I, I feel that I'm going to get my comeuppance shortly. Well, we'll, we'll see. So, um, week one for you, as you said. Yeah, uh, Emmerich Abemiang. Life and times thereof. Before Arsenal, you said as well, didn't you? I, I didn't, but... You, you did. That's, no, you I did. did. You did. I didn't intend to. You did, yeah. I listened. I wasn't here, but I did listen to the podcast. Good. Need those downloads. So I wasted an extra ten minutes on the train about the first few weeks of his time here. Fine. Deal with it, Russ. Come on. Okay, so do you want to go first or second? First, get out of the way. Okay, and so your four questions... Start now. 
Uh, Pierre started his career at AC Milan. How many games did he play for them in three years? None. Correct. Question two. How many club career goals had he scored before he joined us? OK. So he has scored now 202 in all competitions aside from Gabon. So therefore, 196. Yeah, correct. Good maths. Good maths. <laughs> um, who did he score his first international goal against? I was reading this a few minutes ago. Ah, Morocco. Correct. <laughs> Question four, who did he score his final goal for Borussia Dortmund against? I think it was in the German Cup final, which was his last trophy, so I'm going to say... No, actually, that's not true, because he then scored a couple... No, no, that's not true. Ah, I don't know. We have to guess randomly. He always beats up on Augsburg. That was one thing I noticed from all his stats. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Augsburg. Uh, no, it's Hoffman. Hoffman. Ah. Good effort, though. Three out of four. Kick. Solid. Yeah, decent. So, Adrian, yeah. as you said, Glenn Helder, week Glenn two. Helder. Yeah, let's do this. Not going to there is not much on Glenn Helder <laughs> left, so I really hope you don't get more than three. Okay. Sorry. And what you said about me last week. <laughs> Question one, how many assists? He was a winger, how many assists did he get for Arsenal? <laughs> Didn't even know they recorded assists back then. Um, they did. So, like, on the website, they definitely did. Did you really? <laughs> oh, well, you, yeah, that's a week three question, that. Um, 39 games, 27 starts. <sighs> I don't think there was a lot. One goal, I'd say six. <laughs> no assists. Big cat zero. <laughs> no assist. Oh dear, oh dear. Yeah. He actually didn't record an assist for four years in club, at club football. Oh dear. I like to, your idea that there actually weren't any assists. He used to sometimes keep me, keep me out of the team. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't know what that tells you about me, but didn't there you want go. Didn't say anything, but yeah. <laughs> Questions. He was born for big money. <laughs> <laughs> Which two shirt numbers did Glenn wear for us? Uh, he wore number 32 and 11. Correct. Question three. What date did Glenn sign for us? Oh, goodness me. Uh, I know it's February and it was in 1995. What was it for? In 95. Definitely February 95. You should give me that, really. Um, I'm going to say 20th. It's about Valentine's Day, 14th. Okay. It's a beast of a question, that. Uh, question four. Who remembers when pl players sign? It's their debuts, isn't well, it? Well, Wikipedia really? remembers. You should be looking at that straight okay, away. OK, fine. Question <laughs> four. Why is the date 22nd of July 2006 special for Glenn and his Arsenal career? 2006. Uh, he played in a Bergkamp testimonial. Correct. <laughs> Two out of four, good effort. <laughs> but it's over, I don't have to research anymore. You didn't have to ring Glenn Helder, which you thought you were going to have that to was, do. That was it, yeah. Three. Was, uh, yeah. Glenn, what time were you born? You're not going to like my next, my next subject then. Got it. Look, it's the man in the shorts. We all want to know more about Vic Akers, don't we? So, look, he's an Arsenal legend. It doesn't matter if it's minus 100 degrees. He'll still have those shorts on. So let's do the life and times of Vic. That's slightly easier for me, so I'll take that. Clarky, great work. When can we see and or hear you uh, again? Thank you very much. Uh, I'm in the commentary box for uh, the West Ham game, so looking forward to it. The final word this week belongs to Super Bowl winner and massive gooner Jay Ajay. Jay visited Emirates Stadium and London Colney with the Vince Lombardi Trophy just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, this is um, pretty state-of-the-art where we are right now, Arsenal's ground. Um, it's really cool to kind of see where these guys come and put in the work and 
how they, you know, have to come here. And this is where all, all of that starts before they come out on the pitch. And so to see, you know, all the little things they're doing, um, it's really cool for me. As a professional, obviously, I just, you know, they want to see the parallels, you know, what did they do on their side of things to get themselves ready to go out and play compared to, you know, what we do in the NFL um, on working to make ourselves ready to play each game as well. This is my, my club from birth. You know, I've been an Arsenal fan uh, from time, and so to be able to now get the opportunities to come back and be around the facility and even meet players, you know, that I grew up idolising and, you know, wanting to be, you know, in their same shoes, it's a, a crazy feeling, and obviously my journey is, is amazing, and so I'm just very thankful to be able to see this and, and enjoy it. Well, that's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Peter Check and to Jay Ajayi, plus to David Hillier and to Adrian Clark for their contributions today. We'd like to know how we're doing in the podcast, so please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. You can subscribe as well and find us on Acast these days. Remembering as well to get your questions into Clarkie at the chalkboard on Twitter using the hashtag Arsenal Weekly. Until then, it's bye for now, and we're back on Monday, the 23rd of April. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.